This is John Floridus. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. Today we welcome back Josh Farmer. Look outside, another winter's day. The snow's falling down the window pane. Just to meet my girls, sing songs to pass the time away. It don't get much better than it does today. On the edge of pain, shed a little light. Oh, vitamin D crawls in through my life. The medicine sun don't feel any better than it does today. Won't you help me to remember this when the good, the good goes away? Yeah, won't you help me to remember? Won't you help me? Won't you help me out of your love when the good goes away? Help me to remember. Won't you help me? This is John Floridas. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. I'm very pleased to welcome to the program, Josh Farmer. How you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you back on the program. And we should tell folks right away, this is a really cool day to be speaking to you on March 5th, 2021. As if that day in and of itself isn't special in some way. This is <laughs> what's going on for you today. March 5th. Yeah, this was uh, sort of a serendipitous thing. We didn't plan this, did we, John? No, we did not. Um, Today is the day. This uh, debut solo album of mine called Mental Picture is officially uh, released worldwide on Spotify and iTunes and you can even buy a CD on Amazon. So today, March 5th, 2021 is the day. It's out there. Outstanding. And if I'm not mistaken, Josh, in terms of trying to refer to people to a place to go online, it's still the band Facebook page or what, where, where would you like to send people online to get more information? Yeah, about? that's a... 
that's a great you can either just find me on Facebook, uh Josh Farmer, just the personal page, or the band, Josh Farmer Band. Um I'm still what am I? I'm thirty one, so I'm I'm right in the middle of the millennial group and Facebook still works for me. All right. Great. Well, and I as I greeted you to start this interview, I should have said welcome back because we have had you yes. on the program before a couple times. We featured a, times. yeah, we featured a solo show, which I went back and looked, and I think it, it aired in February of 2013, which means we could have recorded in late 2012, for that matter. But also earlier that same year, I think in 2012, you were a part of Grandfather Glenn, which was yes. one of my favorite shows, really uh, that I've, I've done. Beyond, I was gonna say local, of local, mm-hmm. you know, Montana musicians, but that's it's uh, any musicians. That's a great group. But just in case folks uh, are new to you, born in Billings, raised in Manhattan, and a prominent member of the Missoula, Montana music community for years, both as a performer, teacher, choir director, and community music organizer. And it's Pura Vida. Did I pronounce that correctly? You got it. Pura Vida. Pura Vida, community singing groups. uh, I've seen you perform in any number of groups outside of your own projects. And one of the things I always appreciate is you're just as much at home driving the dance floor at Missoula's Union Club, which is very much a dance <laughs> dance music uh, facility and venue, and as well as playing intimate listening rooms. And uh, that's, to me, a sign of a real musician. So here's the question. So what have you been doing during <laughs> COVID? Well, <laughs> uh, during we get, the pandemic. I think, yeah, yes. I think we've got a, an idea. So talk to <laughs> us about that. Uh, well, thanks, John. It, uh, it always is humbling and uh just nice to hear uh, all the things that you say them right there in a couple sentences, and uh, it feels great to be acknowledged like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, the pandemic has uh, left me here in Missoula, Montana, which where you live too. Uh, and I haven't been doing a lot of live performing, but uh, I sunk into studio recording, and I kind of upgraded some gear at the beginning of last year. Um, sort of on accident, didn't know there was going to be a pandemic, was uh, planning to, in earnest, begin uh, a self-recorded album, uh, you know, an hour-long block of music that I produced myself, uh, had kind of always been a goal of mine. And I started in earnest uh, in January of 2020. And a couple months in, I was gifted uh, <laughs> gifted a lot of time, uh, which was a blessing, Uh so my 2020 was, uh, I think the word I could use is routine. Uh, I had a, a daily routine that was very the same. I got up every morning, did my yoga, took the dog for a walk, and then turned on the music computer and started making decisions. And uh, it's it's been a lonely year, but um, for someone who spends most of my career with people, as you said, with community choirs or in the with the band, you know, with a packed dance floor, uh, this was actually a, a a blessing for me to have some time to be introspective and to really force myself to challenge and work on a craft that I hadn't really given a lot of time to. Well, it's really remarkable that you know I've I've heard a lot of musicians who took advantage of that time, the downtime during the pandemic, to you know, indulge in, in uh, recording projects or creative projects. Some of them were, it seems like most of them came about because of the pandemic. But this is interesting that you already had some momentum going. I did. Yeah. You know, I think I mentioned that I, I'm 31 and 
right around the time I turned 30, I was feeling the lack of not having uh, a full album. And so it was actually in December of 2019 that I brought my band um, down to my little studio here, and we recorded what could be the core of five of the songs. Uh, so, you know, the rhythm, the bass, we recorded them all live together to sort of capture that energy. Um, and that was it. That was the last time I saw the band in the studio. Wow. Uh, I started with this vision of how it was going to be and how easy it would be and what songs were going to be on it and how I would come across sounding as, and none of that happened. Uh, it, it all ended up being thrown out the window, uh, you know, as the pandemic progressed and new songs started being written um, and the whole project took a new shape, not, not one that I predicted. Checking out and we're checking in Posting photos with fake grins Caption reads, oh, what a night To celebrate love with me, love with me here Celebrate love with me My dears, come on, celebrate love with me This year, celebrate love with me Taking sides, we're building walls, we're spending money on the bombs instead of to heal or to educate. Celebrate love with me. All our love with me. Come on, 
Josh Farmer joining us here on Musician Spotlight, and we're talking about his very recently recorded, as we as we record this interview, uh, uh, recording project, Mental Picture. Josh, uh, talk about the musicians that you worked with and how that played into the music that you created and recorded. Yeah, well, I've had uh, this band that I've been playing with for the last decade or so, uh, uh, and I've been able to kind of hone the craft of playing live music and getting people dancing. And that was always uh, a, a goal of mine, coming from the solo piano world where I would play ballads and it was, you know, easy. But having to add a band and to create more energy was something that took a lot of time. So when it came time to actually record some of these songs that I was proud of and wanted to share, uh, I had a relationship with these guys, uh, Checkers Barker, on the drums, and his brother Drew Barker, who also plays percussion, um, and then Jesse Christian played bass with me. And I've been playing music with these guys for a, a number of years, maybe six years now. And so we've got a great relationship. They can keep me honest with uh, lyrics and with song sections. Um, and I think any musician out there who's listening understands the importance of collaborators and and other artists who can take take an idea and then add their own energy uh and then you've got something new at the end of it so uh i'd say half of this album was that mm. band energy i was gonna say isn't was it was campbell involved with this at all I, yeah campbell youngblood peterson out uh we used to play here in Missoula. We had a number of bands through the college years, and now he uh, plays and works in New York City. And I was able to do the magic of the internet, sent him some songs, and uh, being the incredible musician he is, uh, he sent me files back, and that was it. I didn't have any sort of give and take, or he just sent me some files. I was like, these are great, and I plugged them in, and uh, it really brought that song to energy. Josh, you mentioned that the project kind of took a different direction than you anticipated. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, initially, I wanted to record music that was fun. <laughs> I I like the artists I love listening to and the music I enjoy is music that makes me feel good, you know, and gets me dancing or, or makes me singing along. And so I set out initially to make a real joyful, light, fun, upbeat, groovy, you know, sort of album. And when the pandemic hit uh, and the introspection got real and I was forced <laughs> to just be with myself for so long and me and my dog and the piano and my partner and my dog and the piano, you know, uh, the it brought out things for me that I wasn't expecting, uh, therapeutic sort of work, uh, you know, dealing with my father's loss, dealing with grief, with sadness, and all these things were coming up. And I was, you know, finding myself spending a whole day, you know, working on soft, sad strings for a ballad. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is not what I wanted, but it was what I needed. Stereo, my stereo 
Your heart is made of gold. You're my partner in this stolen time code rodeo. Stereo, my stereo. I'll never be alone. Come and rest and listen to the tone. This is John Floridus. You're listening to Musicians Spotlight, and we are welcoming back today Josh Farmer, and we're talking about his very recent release, Mental Picture, his first solo album, just under the name Josh Farmer, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah well, no more band moniker for this one. <laughs> that's a step in and of itself, just putting something out with just your name on it. I, I, I can understand that. It does feel a, a little 
yeah, it was a little scary at first, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be here though. Yeah. Well, we have a number of questions that we were able to solicit from our Facebook followers on online, and uh, a couple of the things that came up, and and we've talked about this before. I've asked this question during the interview. And you referenced it earlier, your relationship with your dad. And uh, mm-hmm. I know you lost your dad a few years ago. And those of us who have uh, traveled that, uh, that route of grief, that, um, that journey, it's one that, that always continues. So I wanted to mm-hmm. offer you the chance to talk about that and it's, that relationship to you is you know, as, how it affected you as a man and also as a musician. Well, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, I did lose my father uh, coming up on five years now. Um, and he uh, he was incredible. He's he's the reason I am a musician today. Uh, he's the reason I was able to pursue that joy spark. You know, he he was always encouraging of that to me as a kid. And whether it be basketball or you know uh, stuffed animals or music, uh, he was always on board. But when I started taking a serious interest in music and started pursuing a career in it. Um, my father was the one I would call. He was the mm. guy I would say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. What does this sound like? How does this work? And he'd be the one there for career advice, for personal advice. And then uh, much to my chagrin, he would always show up and dance like a ridiculous fool <laughs> and tell everyone in the room, doesn't matter who they are, that he's my dad. And not, I mean, we look alike, so nobody, he didn't need to tell anybody, but... Uh, he was always embarrassing me, uh, which is actually hard to do. I'm, I, it, it takes a lot to embarrass me, uh, but he managed to do that uh, with his love and his his pride for me. Um, so he's all he's all over this album. He's all over the music. The title track, "Mental Picture," uh, the lyrics are his. He he wrote them actually. Wow. I When when he passed away, um, my brother and I went through his belongings, and he was an avid writer, uh, philosopher, uh, seeker of truth. And I, I found some of his old poems and journals, and uh, one of them was called Mental Picture, and it was this poem, and uh, ended up writing a whole song and ended up being the title track for the whole album. Um, so his words and his spirit just live through me in the music, and I'm I'm grateful that he encouraged me as a kid to pursue something so abstract, you know, something that is so, uh, it's not going to make me a lot of money. It's not going to be a secure thing, but it's, it's meaningful. Um, and I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for him. And dealing with the grief of him uh, uh, dying, uh, there's a song on the album called Suicidal. Um, cause my father did take his own life. Uh, and that was a shock to me and to our family. Um, and it's been a long journey in beginning to be able to talk about it and to acknowledge that that was his choice and that he did commit suicide. Um, there is a, there's a sort of taboo around this topic understandably so it's a it's very difficult and it can uh bring up a lot of things for people um and so the song i wrote um i actually wrote a week after he took his own life um 
and it's a, it's a really long song. It's an eight minute song. I don't usually write songs that are that long, and uh, I have this one recording that was gosh four and a half years old, and uh, something I never thought I would you know turn into a song, or I never wanted to have a title track be called Suicidal, because here I am wanting to make music that's joyful mm-hmm. and inspiring. Um, but how can I, how can I be an honest, how can I expect people to buy my joy if they don't accept my grief, you know? And I think in reading through my dad's journals and add into that the loneliness of a pandemic, uh, I was moved to finish the song and share it and begin talking about, um, the difficulties of uh, losing a loved one to suicide. That's very powerful stuff, Josh. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you, John, for asking. I I think uh, some of the most joy I experience actually is when I read things about him or memories people have of when they've met him because he was a dynamic, dynamic personality and he, he lived life on his own terms completely, you know, and I think some of the beauty... And some of the, I think maybe some of the peace that I've found in the song was saying, you know, here's a man who, who left an impact on people. He inspired me to share my music. He inspired people to, to love themselves and to be, uh, to, to practice self-love and self-worth. Um, and so I'm just grateful for him for that. Did you escape all of your demons that you battled when you were here? Did you carve an ark into the stars, the scars of younger
We'll be back with more Musicians Spotlight and our visit with Josh Farmer. Welcome back to our visit with Josh Farmer on Musicians Spotlight.
Josh Farmer joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. And in addition to what we've just talked about with your father in terms of questions that came up through posting on Facebook, we got all kinds of stuff here. So we'll try to get through as many of these as we can. So maybe try to Great. keep your answers a little bit brief, which is going to be hard because these are really good questions. They're but good questions. They are. And the first yeah. one comes from a fellow musician, a fellow keyboard player and, and composer, Keaton Wilson, who has been on the program in years past with the Wilson Conspiracy, Captain Wilson Conspiracy. And Keaton says, I'm super curious about his songwriting, composition, mindset, and workflow. As a pianist, I feel like harmony often comes first, but given Josh's vocal background, just wondering how that influences the writing process. Mm, that's a great question. Uh, thanks, Keaton. Uh, I do write chords first. Uh, as a piano player and as a guitar player, I I love the beauty in hitting one chord, whether it's a G major chord, and I hit it, and I just listen. And in the chord or whatever's going on with me that day, I hear other movement and other changes. So I, I do start with harmony, uh, and I know you know this, Keaton, because you're an excellent pianist yourself. Um, yeah, I can I can get I can find endless inspiration in going from one chord to another chord and just looping it, and then getting up and walking around the room listening to those two chords going on. And I'd say ninety uh, percent of the songs I write are harmony based first, and then lyrics and vocals come in later. So, okay. great question. Yeah. And to follow that up, Joe, uh, who's also from uh, Western Montana, and he asks, he's curious about Josh's workflow as well, and uh, kind of interested in, it sounds like, um, handing it kind of a simpler and stripped down production configuration, yet the instrumentation and arrangements have so much going on. So I try to kind of sum that up a little bit. And I think what he's asking is just the arrangement process. Once these tunes come to pass, how do you then go about making them into you know, the format that you want? Mm, that's a great question. And that is something I feel like I have learned a great deal about in just the process of producing this on my own. Because uh, I initially thought it was, oh, you write a song, you go record it with the band, and it's done. But uh, sometimes songs, they they call a little more out of it. And so I'll have some bones to a song and... Uh, just kind of have to sit with it with time and more ideas will come and there's more layering ideas. Um, I think one of the great challenges in having, uh, it's called in-the-box digital workstations, which means we can now create any sound we want right in my computer, right with a, a digital keyboard, right? And I can get any instrument, any sound. I could put a hundred voices. I could put one voice in. And it actually becomes overwhelmingly difficult to decide what to leave out because uh, I I can hear ideas for days, you know, and I could just keep putting ideas in until it's this giant wall of sound that nobody's interested in to listening to <laughs> but, but me. And uh, I think the thing I learned most uh, over this past year was, was learning how to take stuff out and leave more space. Um, so I, I do appreciate that question and, you know, saying that he did think things sounded balanced and, and mixed well. Uh, that is, that's the ever-ending, never-ending pursuit. With our hands held, held together, we will go to, to the water. With our hands held, held together.
don't hear, what the eyes don't see, we call invisible. What the ears don't hear and the eyes don't see. While the proud lie on the riverbeds like fish out of water, we'll be caught in the currents on our way to the sea.
Josh Farmer joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. Josh, Leslie asks uh, where the, the, she says you spark joy. And she references Marie Kondo. I had to look up who Marie Kondo was. I guess I'm not up on. <laughs> so, I'm a fan. I'm a fan pop, of Marie Kondo. Okay, so, so you know who she is. Uh, and she want, Leslie asks, where does that come from? You've touched on that a little bit, but do you want to expand a little bit further? Yeah. Um, I am a happy person. I, <laughs> I have... I was blessed, uh, I, not to mention being born into, you know, uh, a, a loving family in Montana. Uh, I've been able to cultivate happiness and joy in very simple things. I enjoy walking my dog. I, I love p- playing sports uh, with my friends. I could, I could have a day where I'm just in the woods and I would feel inspired and uh yeah, I, I think joy, to me, it, it can be found anywhere, you know, and I, I find it at the piano, I'll find it at the guitar, I'll find it, you know, in a great conversation with my partner, uh, listening to other people's music. Uh, I, I can't keep this one short because there's just a, there's an mm-hmm. innumerable amount of things that uh, spark joy, and that is that's the pursuit. That's something I I would love to bring listeners is if they can feel joy, then then we're sharing an experience that I believe is worthwhile. Josh, a couple more questions that came up through the Facebook post. Jude says, what or who were some of your main influences uh, and inspirations and um, maybe some new discoveries you have made in your recent recording? Again, you've touched on, on some of this already. Um, and uh, how is your music evolving? That's, an That's a great question. question. Yeah. That's a great question. I have a theory on that myself, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, I, as far as influences, I can, I can narrow it down to this one artist named Jamie Colum. Uh, he's a London-based pianist, singer-songwriter, um, who also hosts a jazz radio show on the BBC. Uh, but uh, he was my biggest influence because I was a young boy young skinny kid playing piano when all my friends were at football practice and uh, there was there was a big disconnect there for me I didn't have a lot of place where I belonged and I found his music and it inspired me he was you know playing jazz songs and doing backflips off the grand piano and he made the piano seem cool so he inspired me to be a rock star on the piano um, and I think uh, yeah so bringing up to today you know inspirations and uh, new discoveries that I made uh, would be this artist named uh, Jacob Collier. I'm, I'm sure you found him, John. Uh, he's also from London, but he, I think one of the main things I've learned from him is to to be unapologetically myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is what I love in other artists. When I look back at all the artists I love, it's like I love them because they're they're being real, they're being themselves, and I think that is so refreshing in a in a world where we can feel ever, increasing pressure to to fit into a box and to and to to be some something that we think the world needs or we think our family wants or we think will make us popular. Uh, artists like Jake Collier and uh, 
other artists that are inspiring us to just be ourselves. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm, I still consider myself very young. I'm 31 and I'm, I'm only beginning to grasp what it is that Josh Farmer is. And I'm excited to uncover more. Josh Farmer's joining us here on Musician Spotlight. Suzette says, 
what a gift he is. First of all, it's a beautiful thing to say to to uh, an artist. That's very kind. Yeah. To say that. But her question, I think, is beautiful. How does he gift himself? Hmm. Hmm. That is a beautiful question. Um, I love that because it's it's something that I teach uh, my students uh, as well as the importance of self care uh, and. I gift myself by allowing myself to be a musician. By uh, when when the doubts come up, and the and the the concerns and the worries about whether I can you know continue this, will it be financially successful this year? Can I continue being an artist? One of the gifts I give myself is reminding myself to to it's okay to not know. It's okay to have doubts. Um, and that's all part of the process for, for anyone, whether you're an artist or whether you're in any walk in life, you know, we're going to have doubts. And I think one of the things uh, I've cultivated is that kindness to myself in allowing, allowing the humanness, allowing me to have days where I feel down and I don't touch the piano, you know. Um, so I think that's a great question, Suzette. Josh, I have another question that was submitted through the Facebook page. We've talked about this before. We recorded the question to make sure you're okay answering it. I think it is pretty clear this is the first time I've asked this kind of question to an artist, but it is relevant to your art. Uh, Steve from Missoula asked, were you nervous when performing in the musical Hair and performing without any clothes? <laughs> ah, that is a good question, Steve. Uh the answer is no. I was not nervous to be naked on stage in Hair. If anyone is familiar with the play Hair, uh, there's pretty important scenes where uh, the characters get naked and dance and sing. Uh, and, and so, no, I wasn't nervous about that. And I think uh, this can tie back into my main inspiration, my biggest fan, uh, my dad. Uh, when he came and saw that play, uh, for the first time, I think I was here. It was here in Missoula maybe 10 years ago. I was in college at the time. Uh, and after the show, he, he came to me with tears in his eyes and he just hugged me and he said, he said, seeing you up there without any clothes on, singing your heart out, uh, he said, was the greatest gift I could give to him as a, as a son. Oh my gosh. Uh, right. You know, and, and it makes me emotional just thinking about it because, uh, yeah, that was that was a gift to to all of us who got to perform that. But for me to, you know, to to bear yourself, <laughs> I guess, is what we do as artists and musicians. And I I would argue that I'm more naked on this album than I was on stage for Hair. Uh, but it's all the same thing, you know. In as artists, we offer up our lives and we offer up ourselves as mirrors to to, to community and to people as as ways to connect. And I still, yeah, even though that play was 10 years ago, uh, I'll still get people who think it's okay at the grocery store line to be like, you were naked in hair. And I'll be like, yes, sir. I, I was. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your, oh your day. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your day. <laughs> yeah. Those oranges look really good. Yeah. That's should, that should be great. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and if, to follow that up, first of all, it, it's a great, what an amazing reply to a question that could have been just kind of fun and, and goofy and, and uh, humorous. <laughs> uh, and it's got, a little, it's got a little bit of all of it. You know, it's got all of that in there. That's great. 
I wanted to ask, and we talked a little bit about this before we started the interview. You know, I always like to ask musicians what they're doing beyond gifting themselves in a more spiritual or emotional way. Just some things that you do outside of music. And one of the things that you mentioned mm. was your yoga practice and the attention you get from a canine companion while, <laughs> while trying to do yoga. Yes, I think I mentioned uh, one of the blessings of the pandemic life has been the gift of routine. Um, and the simple routine for me, uh, I do love yoga. I've had a yoga practice for, for years now. Um, it's something I do every morning when I wake up, and it's different every day, and it's not always the hardest thing, but it, it is a little bit of something. Uh, but now my dog, uh, her name is Lucy. Uh, she has made it a habit to lay down with one paw delicately placed right on the edge of my yoga mat on a spot she knows I don't use. For she knows her dog walk comes after the yoga session. Um, and so that's, uh, yeah, she is just staring at me while I do my stretching, which can be a little unnerving, but uh, I know she just wants to go for the walk. Um, I think, uh, John, I've noticed that you also love hiking around Montana. Uh, and I think it's something that all Montana musicians share is a love for nature and uh, all that we have to offer uh, as far as recreation goes. And living in Missoula, I'm just, you know, a short drive away from a trailhead that can lead me into the woods. Um, so that is, that's, that's number one on the list of ways that I can recharge my batteries and, and fill back up. Mental Picture is the name of the newest album by Josh Farmer. His debut album, solo as Josh Farmer. Well, I mean, obviously there's all kinds of musicians that are collaborating with you, but releasing the, the, the album as Josh Farmer for the first time. And we're referring folks to Facebook and facebook.com slash Josh Farmer or Josh, Josh Farmer Band. That's the best way to follow what's going on with the group. And I did check in on that before we did the interview. And there's plenty of information there for folks to gather what's going on in your life. Thanks so much for making time, especially on the day that your album is debuting to talk shop with us here on Musician Spotlight. What a treat to get to welcome you back to the program. Well, thank you, John. This has been so much fun and I'm so honored to be here. Never meant to cause you trouble. I never meant to cause you pain. My blurry eyes see double hope remains. You taught me to be subtle. Lord knows I lay my clay. This is John Floridas. You've been listening to Musicians Spotlight. Our guest today has been Josh Farmer. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through the Montana Public Radio website, mtpr.org, as well as through our own website, musicianspotlight.org. You can also find us online on Facebook and on Twitter. Our program is available as a podcast from those websites, as well as through iTunes and Spotify. Musicians Spotlight is a production of Montana Public Radio.